0: Welcome in, everybody, to the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast. I'm Kyle, alongside a good friend of the show, Derek Mum. Derek, how are you doing today? Aloha. Wow. This is... I'm, I'm Hawaiian today. Is that all right with you? Why? Because
1: it's getting cold out. Uh-huh. And um, so your mind is somewhere else. And I found out something very interesting today. Okay. Do you know the origin of Hawaiian pizza, Kyle
0: Bash? I... The origin of Hawaiian pizza? I'm going to guess... That it was created by a, a Swede wrong in uh Germany, wrong ah, bummer,
1: you know, despite the name that would imply that Hawaiian was, pizza, yeah, despite that, it was actually created by a
0: Greek man mm-hmm. in Canada, Wow. That is so surprising! I am hearing this information, information. for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, uh, it's true. It was Hawaiian pizza was invented by a uh, a Greek guy in Canada. Uh, it is also the most popular pizza type in Australia. That's and his inspiration. Surprising. His inspiration was uh, Chinese food. So what? all of that I'm coming together confused. in calling it Hawaiian pizza. For those
1: who are confused, what's actually happening right now in this podcast, um, Kyle, I walked into his office today to record this, and the first thing he says <laughs> to me is, do you know where Hawaiian pizza came from? And he tells me how this whole story about how he follows this random facts account on Instagram, and he's been enjoying it and all this other weird stuff. But so I did, I decided to steal his thunder without him knowing it. Listen,
0: I have been following it's called it's just facts weird. F A C T S W E I R D on facts Instagram. Weird. And they've Story got like of my four four or five posts a day and they're so interesting and it's super random. So uh I yeah, I enjoy it but I sometimes you have knowledge that you just want to share with the world because it's so bizarre. Yep. But uh, that wasn't even, that was so random and it wasn't even our quick question of the day. No. So now we got to get more random and get more off topic. All right, Derek, here's our quick question of the day Uh, before we lose anybody. This is actually, this is a fun one to talk about here. Ah, Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the world record for the longest movie marathon is about 120 hours, which, yes, that does mean you have to be awake the entire time. uh, And the rules state that. In between movies, you get 10 minutes to go to the bathroom, refresh, whatever you need to do before you have to start the next movie. And so that's it's just ridiculous uh, that somebody could go 120 hours. But, uh, Derek, if you were to try and break that record of a 120-plus hour movie marathon, what movies would be on your list to watch? Can they be movies and shows or just movies? Do you know? I don't know. Uh, We'll we'll throw
1: shows in there. Why not? Um, Here's the thing: when it comes to this particular challenge, I think you need a good mix of stuff because Mm -hmm. I just did the math. That is five days straight. Like you can't go to bed for five days. Yep. And I was telling Kyle, like your eyes would hurt so bad. Like I'd have to like wear blue light glasses or something just to kind of like take Mm -hmm. the edge off. But if I'm gonna stay awake for that long, I need something that's gonna be. Like, I'm probably gonna need a good mix of comedy and like action movies because mm-hmm. otherwise I'm gonna be falling asleep big time. So I would probably do uh The Office would be in there because mm-hmm. I'd need some comedic Great relief. One. Uh and like it's engaging enough where I wouldn't feel like I could fall asleep to it super easily. Um but I'm gonna steal s I'm gonna steal yours because we were talking about this pre show and I think it was a really good idea. If you watch through all of the Marvel movies, like start to finish, like the original Iron Man through the newest Marvel movies, you said it's like fifty
0: some hours, correct? It was about fifty hours, yeah. fifty two. So that would like t- that. that would take half of it, a little mm-hmm. less than half. Uh, and just for the record, uh, The Office, all the way through all nine seasons, is about seventy four hours. Done deal. So we got The it. Office and the MCU done. You know, it's sound. Here's the thing when you first told me that, I was like, that
1: would be hard. And the more I think about this, it'd be like, it would be impossible. I don't know how you do
0: this. Like, just for the record, the longest period of time a human has gone without going to sleep, according to Guinness, is I believe it's 236 hours. Here's the Uh, the thing, it was a junior in high school for his science fair project in like 1960. Uh, Of
1: course, it was, which
0: I find hilarious. Here's the thing. If I'm going
1: to do this, I need to be in a place completely isolated from anybody I know or love. Because after about 50 hours, if you even come near me, I'm going to rip
0: your head off. I completely disagree. I have to be doing this with other people. There, there have to be other people in this with me so that that's we can fair. spur each other on and hold each other accountable. Like, There's no way I'm making it 120 hours That's uh, true. just that, that's by fair. myself. That's fair. I'm just, I'm just telling you, no, I'm going to be cranky. I'm going to be super fine. cranky. That's fine. We won't record a couple episodes after we attempt this because we'll just be sick oh, of each we, other. We are totally uh, attempting this. <laughs> Because what other what else does a youth pastor no, do? No, I mean, we get done like, with... Like, during the summer, this would be we easy. We get done
1: with youth on a Wednesday night, and we don't have anything to do until the Sunday next, morning.
0: Oh, I was going to say the next Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, what you got for, for oh, me, for Uh I I think, I mean, TV shows, like, seeing that it's 74 hours for the entire office series, like, that seems like cheating almost, because that's too easy. Like, you could watch the office and friends and be like, yeah, there's your 120 true. hours. That's so true. I feel like movies would be the more pure way to go. Yep. Um, I, I do. The MCU would be a great one. Uh, I enjoy like, I know not everybody agrees on this. i I think that Adam Sandler movies can be funny. Uh, can and be, I think they're hilarious. And so like, that could be like that comedic side. You get like some series like, uh, star Wars, uh, oh, Lord of the no Rings, thanks. Harry Potter, yep. Rocky, yep. Fast and Furious. You get some of those TV series <laughs> or movie series that you could throw in there as well. If you go Fast
1: and the Furious at this rate, they'll have enough movies just to not go to all. Yeah, 120. give it a
0: give it a couple years and they'll <laughs> have sixty movies for all one hundred and twenty hours. Uh, although Marvel's probably getting up there too. Yeah, <laughs> they're already up to fifty hours, so. Uh, they've got at least another ten or twelve in the makings, but that would be, it, th- those those would be some series that come to mind. I just think you couldn't do like I could not do like Hallmark movies. No, like there's got to be I more can't do more action. than
1: one Hallmark movie. Without I barely do to one. Pluck Hallmark my eyes out. <laughs> I love you, babe. When you're listening to this, <laughs> I love you. I love watching Hallmark movies with you.
0: There it is. Well, again, the company is important. Yeah, right. When watching a Hallmark movie uh can you kiss your wife during this as long as you keep your eyes on the screen (laughs) (laughs) that's an image that'd be that'd be hard to do that happens when we watch football so (laughs) 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 Um, we're editing that part out Uh, (laughs) oh that was awesome uh anyways uh, now that we're a solid seven minutes and fifty seconds Perfect. into this episode, uh, I want to talk today, Derek, about one of the biggest aspects of being a youth pastor and the job that that entails. Uh, and that is the spiritual shepherding through preaching yep that that we do for our students, man, that was a. Uh, that w- complete yeah. 180 into that <laughs> I, w- I would say so yeah right go from really, kissing really with your eyes
1: open to something super serious well but that- that's listen. how we roll
0: no i can i can make this transition because when you are preaching it's important to keep people engaged yep. and if we have a good knowledge of different movies and tv shows that are out there we can take clips of those and put them into Perfect. our sermons Perfect. see boom nailed it uh, but no, preaching is a really, really important part of the job as a youth pastor. Uh, different ministries are going to have different patterns and systems when it comes to how often that happens. Uh, like for Derek and I, uh, both of our ministries, we preach weekly. Yep. Uh, some ministries are biweekly or or monthly. Uh, that that the youth pastor or somebody is is giving that you know traditional sermon. Yep. Uh, and this is actually something I don't know how about you, Derek, but when I was starting my path into ministry and studying ministry and and starting as a youth pastor this was one of the things that i was the most terrified of speaking the idea of i have to come, i i had no problem public speaking sure but it was i have to come up with something new every single week yeah. to talk about right and that seemed so exhausting oh, yeah. to me yep. and now that i'm in it Not nearly as exhausting as I thought it was going to be. No, and there's a few things you need to consider with that. The first one is
1: that if you're truly reliant on the Holy Spirit, He's going to give you some divine inspiration for every single Wednesday because the reality is you're dealing with a new group of students. You're dealing with uh, new things, new situations. So if we truly believe that the Word of God is alive and active, then we shouldn't have a problem with going back to the well time and time again. The second thing that I would say that has kind of been like a release for me is we're talking to teenagers, teenagers who need to hear the same thing over and over <laughs> and over again to actually fully retain it. And so when it comes to like, even if you've shared this type of story once, odds are mm-hmm. we love our students, but they probably don't remember the full extent of it. They don't remember right. how we presented it and, and that type of thing. So it can definitely be daunting because mm-hmm. you're going, if I'm doing this for the next Forty plus years, you know, forty times fifty-two. If you preach every single week, I mean, that's a lot of messages. Mm-hmm. Like that's a lot, a lot of messages. But uh, the the fun part is is that we serve a God who is alive and He's active, and His Word is alive and active. And there's there's new things you can see and find to just make the the Word come alive. Because there's there's so much in the Bible, man, that just like has yet to even be scraped. You know, there's so much below the surface that we just need to unpack and. When we get into that, we can really, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And so, what we want to talk about today is becoming a better speaker, right? When when we talk about preaching as as a big important part of our job, uh, every aspect of being a youth pastor, I think we can grow in, right? That's yeah. That's kind of the point of this podcast a little bit. Is, if you're is not, then helping us yeah. all grow mm-hmm. as as youth pastors and and just as Christians in general. And so, you know, if you have to ask, like, why should I want to become a better speaker? Uh, Because, (laughs) (laughs) right, we should like we should always be looking to grow. Uh, you know becoming a better speaker allows you to connect better with your students. Becoming a better speaker helps you b- to become more efficient uh, where you know maybe at one point in your life it took you 40 minutes to to preach this and say what you needed to say where you know maybe now you're at a point where it's 30 minutes or it's 25 minutes right where you can say the same stuff just a little bit more efficiently. yep. Uh, and so today Derek and I have 10 tips for you guys uh, in order to become a better speaker, and Derek, I'm going to start off with number one. Uh, These are not necessarily in any special format, but I think that number one is a really good place to start. Uh, Number one is preach the gospel. Revolutionary. (laughs) I know, and that's another thing where You know, when we talk about, man, it can be really daunting to come up with a new message every week. Guess what? You've got an entire Bible full of ideas. 66 books worth. Open and point to Mm -hmm. a random page and just preach on that. And I've actually, this is one of the most terrifying things I've ever done as a youth pastor. I have, like, I didn't prepare anything for that week on purpose, not because I was lazy. Right. Uh, But then I'll get up and say, hey, you know, you, random kid, pick a number one through 66. And so I'll find out what book that is. Yep. And then, you know, how many chapters does it have? 14? Cool. You pick a chapter, 1 through 14. Boom. And then I preach on that chapter. I like and, it. And it's mo- it's not necessarily this is going to be super deep. Right. And we're not going to have like three points that all start with the same letter because that's necessary but what, for any but sermon. But what
1: you're doing is you're showing them how you can get something out of the word you're right. preaching it's, it's a practice. more it's
0: more like a public devotional yeah right, right. Where, where i'm reading through this and i'm saying here's how like i can read through it on the spot and and grow in my faith and like maybe this is something that i'm spurred to pray about right. because i read this and so uh there's there's a lot of different ways you can do it but and You know, it is topical sermons definitely have a Mm -hmm. place. I'm not saying don't ever preach a topical sermon or a topical sermon series, but it's imperative that first and foremost, we are preaching through Scripture. And the Bible doesn't need a whole lot of window dressing in order to be relevant. Generation Z is primed to be
1: the most biblically illiterate generation of any that have existed since the Bible has been instituted, really. Uh, granted, we've only been studying generations for you know the last couple of decades and centuries, but anyway, fair. Um, you know, regardless, you know, our parents grew up, Kyle and I, was, like the, the Bible was truth, and you didn't dispute it; it was just a matter mm-hmm. of fact. Millennials come onto the scene and start to question that of like, why is this the case? And then our kids, gener or not our kids, but Generation Z comes in, and now it's they they. they, they that they, they haven't even That read foundation it. is not there anymore. And so there right. is no innate desire to understand and yep. appreciate the Bible. And we know as believers in Jesus that, man, the Bible is, is, is fundamental. It's a pillar of what we do. It's God speaking to us. I mean, yes, God speaks to us through his Holy Spirit, and we feel these feelings. But at the end of the day, God has already spoken. He doesn't need to speak mm-hmm. a fresh thing to us because he's already spoken. We just need to open up his word. And so that's been a conviction of mine and something Kyle and I have talked about in length of we need to get back to just preaching the word. And and, and yes, like we're not just opening the Bible and, and reading with a monotone voice and, and not engaging with it, but like we need to we need to stop worrying about building this elaborate sermon series and instead like get intentional about Teaching the Bible to these kids, like showing them that the Bible is relevant, it is something that they can use in their everyday life. It is important, and the best way we can do that is just by modeling it. You mm-hmm. know, and the next thing I would say with that is like the Bible obviously is a super deep book. It's super, you know, there's so much you could say, but at the end of the day, the second thing we would say is like shut up. You know, like that that that, that sounds Brilliant. so so like like you know crude and and, and brash, but. You're going to lose those kids after 20 minutes. Like, if you're mm-hmm. up there for 20 minutes and you're just getting into point number one, like, it's over. It's game over. You
0: better be really funny. Right, exactly. <laughs> and even then, it's probably not going right, to
1: work. Right, right. You know, like, we live, and I call it the microwave oven, um, society where if we want something, we go onto Amazon and two days later it's on our doorstep. We go to McDonald's and we're hungry. And five minutes later we have food in our belly. We want something and we put it in the microwave and 60 seconds later we have that. We have lived in a continually evolving society that says, I want something. I want it. I'm going to have it. Now I have it. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's good to that. But at the same time, it has created a shortened attention span for every single person that's living. And so we need to understand that when we're preaching to our students that we, we got to be engaging, but we can say a lot of good stuff in a short amount of time. Don't get up there and just drag your feet and go on for mm-hmm. on and on and on and on.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's getting to the point where, you know, and, and I'm. Very few pastors probably should preach anywhere for like an hour, an hour and a half, but especially in youth ministry, it's it's got to be it's got to be a lot shorter than that. Correct. Um, so, tip number three uh, that we're gonna give you guys is to study your message. Uh, you know, the better that you know your message, the better you can communicate it, and and that's only going to come. Through two avenues. One, it's going to come through time spent with your message and crafting it, and pouring over it, and rereading it, and rereading it again. And the other way that that's going to happen is passion. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are passionate about what you are speaking about, uh, that's going to make it easier for you to communicate it. You know, for me personally, uh, I pretty much memorize what I'm going to say on a Wednesday night. Uh and, and that's not <laughs> for everybody. Uh you know, we use and a lot of churches use Pro Presenter uh, for their for getting like lyrics and, and sermon yep. points and stuff mm-hmm. up on the projectors. And Pro Presenter has some tools where if I have a confidence monitor in the back of this of the room, yep. I can set it up so that, you know, on one side it's showing me the Bible verse that's on the screen. Yeah. And on the other side it's showing me notes that I can put in there so that I don't have to have notes that I'm looking down on. I can glance up at them on the TV if I need them, but for the most part, I'm just it I'm just I'm free to wander right a little bit more, which is mm-hmm. something that we'll talk about a little bit later. Like, you know, sometimes it means that I can get a little bit off script sometimes right. a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with that because overall how well I know my message and the fact that I don't have notes in front of me. I feel like it allows me to connect better uh, when I don't have to keep looking down at something. Last night, actually, uh, I normally
1: have my notes up on stage with me like on a little pub table or an iPad stand or whatever it is. But last night, I was just like, I want to try something new. And so I had my physical hard copy Bible with me. We were reading one story out of Luke chapter five. And I just, I brought that up with me and spoke everything from the heart. And yeah. it it was powerful, man. Like, I th- I think from an audience standpoint and this is not me patting myself on the back but the reason i got to this conclusion is when someone's speaking without notes you know it's coming from the depths of their heart Mm -hmm. like you're not you're not just gonna put together unless you're a professional who is an actor or something like that does exist but an average joe youth pastor in andover minnesota st francis minnesota if they're just going up there with no notes you know it's something that they feel in the depths of their heart and so when you can do that Um, and I'm not saying you have to do that for every message because sometimes it is good to have notes up there and Mm -hmm. do that as a little, you know, security blanket. But it was just, I felt so much more engagement from our students. They were so much more drawn in because I was looking them in the eye. I was Mm -hmm. moving around the stage. I was, you know, going around the room. It was, it was just so powerful. And so, but to your point, you can't do that unless you know your message backwards and forwards. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just think it's, it's really good, but. And the other part that goes with that is we are talking to students. We are talking to people. And I think Jesus modeled this the best, that the best way to draw conclusions, draw connections, is through stories. I mean, Jesus was notorious for telling parables about farming, about agriculture, because in that day and age when he was alive, that's what everybody knew. They, yep. they knew the seasons. They knew the farming patterns. They knew the practices that go along with agriculture And so a lot of his comparisons have to do with that. Uh, You found this stat, Kyle, like 35% of all of Jesus' recorded words were stories. Like he loved to tell stories. And so when you can tell personal stories about you, whether it's something funny, like I've Mm -hmm. told lots of funny stories to start a message that like make a good connection into my message. Sometimes it's something super deep about your personal life. Uh, That helps. Sometimes it's good to look at like historical stories, not just Biblically historical, but like, hey, this person did this in 1940, and this is why we have this now. Right. Uh, you can you can do that, and something I li- I've done before that I love: stories that are completely made up, mm-hmm. like like fictional stories. Um, you know, not like you're trying to deceive them, but you know, you can you can really kind of create this really cool fictional
0: story that really exemplifies what you're trying to communicate if you do it well. Oh yeah, like people forget that. Yo, thirty-five percent of all Jesus' words were stories. And most, if not all, those stories were parables. Yep. What is a parable? A fictional story. Right. It's based on truth. It's yep. not Star Wars. Um, sorry if That'd I just cool. offended anybody who <laughs> thinks that Star Wars is the gospel, uh, part two, but uh it's it's based on truths and you know, real geography that they're familiar with. It's yep. based on things that they know. But it's a fictional story. Like yep. I had one of the f- my favorite sermons that I've ever preached, and I hope. <laughs> I don't know about you. This is a tangent here, but there are times where I look back. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was one of my favorite sermons I ever preached. Yep. And nobody remembers it. Correct. Nobody remembers anything I said. So, but they
1: remember the random
0: thing you would remember yourself. Saying. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. But this was. Uh, and this one probably either helped or hurt my cause because I actually had a real fire on the stage the entire time oh, I was preaching. Of course you did. Um, but uh, the, it was my entire sermon was one really long story hmm. and it was completely fictional. Yep. But it kind of walked through uh, you know, this idea of... You know, uh, it's, my faith is not on me to do a bunch of stuff. It's about yep. my reliance on God to sure. provide for what I need. And it, it, it was one of my favorite sermons, but it was a fictional story. Yep. You know, you, it's, everybody loves to hear a good story. Use those in your sermons, but they don't have to be, they don't all have to be. Yeah, you're not, you're not being from deceptive reality. with fictional. It's not like you're just yeah. completely lying about something. Like you're
1: saying, it, it's grounded in truth, but yep. you know, it's, yeah, Jesus modeled that perfectly.
0: He did, absolutely. So uh, tip number five here for you guys. Uh, again, these are not in order because if they were, this one would be up there with preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tip number five is pray. Uh, spend time praying over your message. Uh, one of the prayers that I love, and and I'll use this in my own prayer time, and I'll also use this on the stage right before I begin preaching uh, but just praying that God would speak through me and that it would be His words yeah. and not mine yeah. that that come out of this of this microphone, uh, you know. Spending time in prayer over your message—it feels like a no-brainer, but something that Derek and I felt was important to add on to this list because you know, not very little, if anything, is going to come from your message if if you're not spending time in prayer over it. Well, and even beforehand, you know, if if you can,
1: if you're... Dr. Anderson was the president of North Central University where Kyle and I went to college, and he had a really good message. I remember him saying is, we as experienced pastors can get really good at doing church. Mm-hmm. We can get really good at constructing a sermon, constructing, putting together all of these stories and doing all of this stuff. We can get really good at doing church and talking about Jesus Without Jesus' help, honestly. And so something I like to do is, you know, even if I have an idea where I want to go, odds are God put that on my heart. But I love to just spend a little bit of time before I actually write down my message. Even if it's like five minutes just praying, God, what do you want to speak? What do you want to speak? What do you want to do? And odds are he confirms what I'm feeling. But, you know, it's so much more powerful. You have the authority of the Holy Spirit behind you when you're typing, when you're writing, when you're constructing when you have that prayer Mm -hmm. backing going into it too, you know? So yeah, no, it's super good, man. Like uh, we need to be praying and you know, it's God has some really cool stuff and, and, The cool part is it's not about us. It's not about our message. And that's why, like, it's so important, number six, to set up what's next. Like, this is not a concert. This is not something where you're the main event and they're just here to listen to you and glean from you because you're the best. Like, you are the gateway. You are are laying the foundation for the kids to respond to. And so, like, Mm -hmm. the message is important, but this next step, I would say, is even more important. And that's just, like getting them connected. So, you know, a lot of churches will do connect groups, small groups, life groups, whatever you want to call them, a group of kids getting together and discussing what was talked about. Um, sometimes we go into an altar time. The worship team comes up or we play some worship music behind and the kids come up to the front and they pray or they ask for some help or advice or they just get alone and spend time with God. Uh, you know, that that is so important. But like, make sure you have that clear plan to transition to what's next. Like our, our, our Bible college professors always said like land the plane, right? Like mm-hmm. don't just stop your message and have it be abrupt, like land the plane, make sure it is a clear transition from, okay, I'm going to get off the stage. Now it's your turn to respond to what's happening. Because if you fumble that transition, it's just a distraction that mm-hmm. takes them out of that moment with God. And like, For what it's worth, God is God. And so if you fumble that transition, it's not like your whole message is lost. But, like, don't just go into your message prep and write your message without any clear plan of what you're going to do afterwards because, like, in a lot of ways, that's the most critical junction of your entire message.
0: Right. If and if you are right, your sermon is the very last thing in the service, and then kids are leaving. You know, at the very least, then having that one clear takeaway point. Yep. That that you that's want good. them to walk out the door remembering. Uh, you know, always having that transition in mind is super important. Uh, number seven. Uh, this is going to be a fun one because. Uh, I don't know that I have ever been to a church or a youth ministry that has done this super, super well. Sure. Myself included. Yep. Uh, But nobody, I I don't know anybody that gets really psyched about the announcements portion. The, the announcements portion of of any service, you're like, oh, but okay, somebody's going to get up and they're going to tell me a bunch of stuff. This is the opportunity. Uh, we actually got rid of the bulletins at our church mm-hmm. because of COVID. Yep. And we need to bring them back so that people have something to awkwardly fidget with sure. during the announcements. <laughs> uh, but most, like honestly, ev- any church would tell you most people probably don't pay attention Correct. During the announcements. Mm-hmm. And so one of the challenges that, that I try to do, and I would encourage anybody who speaks on a regular basis, is to work your announcements into your sermon. Yeah, uh, And this is, it can be very difficult at first to try and figure out how to make this happen. But if you if you can work any announcements you have into your sermon, people will be more likely to listen to them than if you just rattled off a bunch of announcements right before your sermon. Yep. And and the other thing with it too is, you know, if you are working an announcement into your sermon, you're probably communicating the why right. behind this Correct. announcement. For mm-hmm. example, uh, if you have a night of worship coming up at your church and you want to invite people to that night of worship. I can't imagine you're gonna go an entire sermon without being able to talk about prayer or worship right in your message. yeah, and that would be a great opportunity, right? When you're really hitting on why that's important and telling your people, your congregation, we have this opportunity for you to put that into practice. It's gonna click in their mind like, oh, that is something that that right. I should maybe look at at being a part of. And and now they're more engaged in whatever you were announcing than if you had just rattled off everything at the beginning. Well, if you take a step back and you talk about that transition, that
1: transition process, or like what's up next, what better way to fit that in there? Like, hey, mm-hmm. like you know, if you're in this spot and you want to connect with God, we have a really sweet worship night coming up next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Like, make sure you get here. You know, that can be the next step. That can be the practical way of like, hey, if you felt something tonight like there's something else you can respond to and come up to. And that's like you said, I think announcements are just what here are the details. Mm-hmm. Here's what's happening. Here's where it is. We'd love to see you when you can put that why behind the what it makes them much more likely to actually buy into it. And so um, that's good. That's super good. Kyle. I'm going to go on to number eight. Uh, and this is something I continually have to work on because it's something that uh, as Passionate people, um, it can be very, very hard to control this. But Same number here. number eight is move with a purpose, and then we have a sub point of don't stand in one spot the entire time. Um, that's the opposite of my problem. I get hap- <laughs> I, I get happy feet. You know what I'm yep, saying? Like I, I know exactly I, what you're I, I go from I hop from like each side of the stage forward backwards and like there's a there's a spot for that okay like there's 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 okay stuff with that and derek's running laps around the sanctuary
0: stage the whole time
1: there there are moments where we just have to understand this is who we are like Mm -hmm. if you are a passionate person it's gonna take some insane self-control for you to just stand up there and be stoic and i would say i would venture a guess like don't be that like if you are someone passionate like wander that's okay Mm -hmm. yet don't let it become distracting and so you know a sub point to this that we haven't written down but it's kind of the same idea is something that i'm even working on with our podcast here is like filler words i just said one like Uh um like uh those filler words when you know they're coming all of a sudden now even when i listen to other people communicate i notice them Mm -hmm. And you have to kind of look for them, but it's the same idea with moving with a purpose, with uh, eliminating filler words. If you can help it and you can figure out what you do, because a lot of this is subconscious. You don't realize how much you move, how much you say filler words until, spoiler alert, number nine. Wait, don't say it. I'm not going to say it. (laughs) Kyle will talk about why we do certain things that we do, but when you start to look for them, you realize just how much you do it. Yep. And so the benefit to that is you can work on that, but I would also as a counterpoint say, don't work on it or let it become distracting from the actual message. If you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's, work on it, but don't
0: let it like throw you off. If you know what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. It'll, and that, that'll really come back around Derek and I are teasing our next two points here, but that'll really come back around when we hit to number 10, uh, you know, we wrote down, right, don't stand in one spot the entire time, but also don't wander around the stage <laughs> aimlessly. And there, there's there's a happy balance in there somewhere where you can use your movement to complement what you are doing yep. and what you are saying. Uh, when you have a a story that you're telling... I, I and this is this is one of the downsides of me not having like a stand with notes on it right. on the stage is it's an I, anchor point, right. It's an anchor point. And then I can wander to the left of the anchor point as I start telling this story. And then I can come back, to my anchor point as I'm ending that story and I can go out to the other side when I start you know talking about my next point. Yep. Uh you don't have that when you don't have an anchor point and so coming up with ways to make your movement intentional. Yep. Uh oftentimes rarely is your movement or even your filler words going to be something that absolutely turns somebody off to your message, but doing it well and having intentionality with it will be something that people subconsciously notice. Yep. It's not going to be a distraction to them. Yep. Uh, so number nine uh, is something that Derek and I both had to do uh, in college, mm-hmm. and it is the most uncomfortable thing you've ever done in your life as a youth pastor, uh, which is saying something because there's a lot of <laughs> uncomfortable things we have to do as yes, youth pastors. there are. Uh, even, you know, how many times have I had to sleep on the floor uh, as a youth pastor, like it's oh. uncomfortable. I was like, uh, I think that sounds like a marital problem, Kyle. We should, <laughs> we should dissect <laughs> as that. As a youth episode. pastor, okay, perfect. Uh, mission teams and all of these other things, camps, but, conventions. Oh my yeah. goodness! But no, recording your messages mm-hmm. and going back, listening and watching oh, yourself preach. It's the worst, and hearing your voice, the absolute worst. But. It is so, so helpful. I cannot overstate how helpful it is to go back and watch and listen to yourself preach. Even just listening to yourself, if you can only do an audio clip, is very, very helpful. But if you can video record and get both, you can see yourself move around the stage. You can hear the filler words. You can hear yourself trailing off at the end of a sentence or getting super distracted or whatever it is. Or speaking so fast
1: you don't even really know what you're saying.
0: Yeah, maybe you listen back and you're like, oh, man, I completely missed point number two. Right. Like I, I didn't audibly say, here's my second point or yep. whatever it is. Uh, there are so many things you can pick up on, and it's very, very uncomfortable to do, but it will make you a so better much speaker. better Yeah, so much better.
1: And uh, what you can also do with that is have somebody else that you trust watch it too and ask, what did you notice? Good, bad, or ugly? Because the thing is, you know yourself, you know what you're trying to say. And so it's just like proofreading a paper. Sometimes your brain will overlook certain grammatical errors because you know what you're trying to say. It's the same thing with communicating a message. Have somebody unbiased who didn't hear your message in person, listen to it, write down the good and the things that maybe you can work on. Because the reality is you might be focusing on this really small thing that only you notice. Mm -hmm. That is the smallest insignificant thing while you're missing a glaring thing that everybody else notices. And so record your messages, listen back for yourself, but then also welcome other people's input in there. And then the last thing we would say, which is number 10, which when you do all of these things in order, it can be, it can be so helpful and so good and so great. But the problem you can get into in a really, really quick way. Kyle and I, we work in a church full time. And so more often than not, Wednesdays and Sundays specifically for us, at least for me, I don't want to speak out of turn, but we're there to work and to serve. And so a lot of times throughout the week, Kyle and I are listening to other pastors, other communicators to try and just have go to church ourselves and just mm-hmm. receive. And odds are the ones we're listening to are professionals. They're really good. They've got like a bunch of bells and whistles, and it can be really easy to go, I want to communicate like that. They're Mm -hmm. really effective. They're really good. And so if you try to be somebody that you're not, if you try to be that pastor or that speaker or that communicator that you love, you're being somebody that God didn't create you to be. You're trying to make yourself into something you're not supposed to be. And so when it comes down to all of this, you need to trust at the end of the day God has called you as the pastor of this place in this time in this situation with this word and you just got to be focused on being obedient to sharing that with the conviction that God's given you like all of these really awesome helpful tips will take that message that you're presenting from good to great but if you try and just be somebody that you're not you're not even going to be good you're just going to be fake
0: yeah it's it's okay To hear somebody else speak and think, I want to communicate like that. Yep. It's dangerous to say, I want to communicate as that. Sure. Uh, To think that I want their mannerisms. I want their, uh, you know, the way that they move around the stage. I want the stories that they tell. And, you know how how powerful they make eye contact with the camera at just the right times you know whatever mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. i that's you know i want that specific thing i that's dangerous that yeah. right that's where you almost get into that preacher plagiarism right. of i'm mm-hmm. i'm trying to be who i'm not right and and that's the same thing like we were talking about moving with purpose right you it's you want to move with intentionality, but you don't want to take away from too much away from who God made you to be as a communicator. You
1: don't want to be focused on oh crap, I'm supposed to move over here instead of communicating the word that God's given you to communicate. Right. You know these are all of these things that I would say Kyle would be things that as you're like, be cognizant of them. But something we didn't put in here that is just kind of assumed is practice this stuff you know what i'm saying like take the message you just preached and re-preach it to an empty room and record yourself being mindful of these things because all of these things are not things you should be thinking about in the midst of your message it's things that you know you you work on and over time you subconsciously start to put these into the 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 pastors that do this so well are ones that have been doing it for decades and so they've worked on themselves they critique themselves they've, they've they've done it and now the way they communicate is just subconscious. And so, when it comes to all of these things, this is all stuff you should practice going into it. You know, like everything that we do, it's not just on a whim. Just because we're pastors and we have stuff going on doesn't mean we shouldn't schedule time to run through stuff, practice stuff, because these types of you know, exercises or critiques are things that really could help you communicate more effectively. And the best way to do that is through reps, repetition,
0: time, and work. Yep. Absolutely. That's 10 tips. I hope that, uh, you know, this was helpful for you guys. Uh, this is something that Derek and I are working on every single week, Mm uh, to, to be better communicators, be better speakers, better preachers. Uh, because when, when we get better as, as preachers, we can be, more efficient, we can connect better with our students. That's always going to lead uh, to wins in our students' lives. And so we appreciate you guys uh, checking out the podcast. Go ahead, give us a like, a comment, a follow, a subscription, five uh, stars, five star review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Um, you can always give us a shout out on uh, email, how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you guys, hear what you're going through, hear the struggles, the wins, all of that fun stuff. Uh but For Derek and I, I think uh, it's about time for me to go eat a Hawaiian pizza. Goodbye. Goodbye.